Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When Mike calls, the buy-in goes up a little higher. And then Mike is competitive, man. I remember one time we played spades for 36 hours. Damn. (laughs) We played spades for 36 hours. What is the story behind the wheelchair? <laughs> I wasn't there, but he said he had to use, <laughs> he said he had to use the bathroom, man. I think Jason Tatum is that next Celtic that we'll be putting up in the Raptors. I never partied, man, and played basketball that much in my life, man. We partied in my <laughs> Yo, welcome to All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. The name says it all. If you like what you hear, make sure you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash allthingscovered. So make sure you subscribe and turn on your alerts so you can get the show right away. We've been focused on football, but you guys know Pat and I love basketball as well. So we wanted to bring you this bonus episode right before All-Star Weekend in the NBA. We hope you enjoy our chat with three-time All-Star in college and pro champion, Antoine Walker. Yo, all things covered. You guys know what time it is. This is a big time week when it comes to the NBA. NBA All-Stars getting ready to happen. And with that being said, we thought it was only right that we go ahead and tap in with the individual who didn't just participate in the NBA, who didn't just win championships in the NBA. He also participated in All-Star games as well. NCAA champion with the University of Kentucky, six overall selection in the 1996 NBA draft. Many believe that probably is the best draft ever. We will tap into that subject a little later in the show. Three-time NBA All-Star. You can also watch him make appearances on First Things First on Fox. Antoine Walker coming from Chi-Town. Mr. Walker, how you doing? <laughs> coming from very cold Chi-Town. Yes, I'm <laughs> You keep it warm? You keep it warm up in your yeah, city? Yeah, that's not bad. I'm from here, man. I can take you. I'm doing good. B-Mac, that was pretty good, man. I like that warm introduction, man. I didn't know what you was going to say, but that was pretty good. Man, you know I got to lace you real decent, man. You know I got to lace you real decent. Join us here, all things covered. First things first, Twan, uh, with yes. the All-Star Game happening this weekend in hot Atlanta. We know you have uh played in many All-Star Games, three All-Star Games to be exact. But when you look at some of your All-Star appearances and playing around some of the elite players that you were with on your team and playing against, you know, what are some of your more memorable All-Star moments? For me, it's, it's actually really special, probably than a lot of guys, because I played in Michaels, both of MJ's, both supposedly their last two. 98, that was his last one before retiring. Uh, Madison Square Garden, uh, I, I can remember that whole weekend being around, was he going to retire? Um, were they going to break up the Bulls team? Scottie Pippen was, you know, looking for a contract. It was a lot of turmoil going on with the, with the Bulls at that time and Michael and the certainty of Michael saw. That was special. And, and it was in Madison Square Garden, too. That was my first one. And then, obviously, in 03, Michael's last one was was really, really special because we knew that was going to be the last time Michael played, and he put on a, a heck of a performance in that game. So All-Star Weekend has been great for me. The three times that I, I participated and played, obviously, I've went and, and supported every year 
even when I wasn't playing. But it's a special time for all players. So it was, it was great for me. Yeah, well, since we're talking about Mike, you grew up in Chicago and you grew up as a Bulls fan as well. Well, your first NBA game was against the Bulls. You know, how hard was it for you to flip from a fanboy to the, to the competitive <laughs> side? Oh, it was real hard, man. It was, it was, it was actually um, a surreal moment for me in life because obviously I grew up a Bulls fan and, and cheered for them the first three years that they won in 91, 92, 93. And then my first game happened to be against them. A little nervous. Obviously, when you know, to play against Jordan, Robin, Pittman, guys that I looked up and cheered for, and now I'm on the court competing against them. So it, it, it was, it was tough. I didn't, I didn't, I always remember I didn't play particularly great against them <laughs> because of that. And, you know, I always wanted my revenge back for that, that, that group. So I got them back the following year. Uh-huh. We played them again the first game of the season. So I got them back then, but this is a special moment for me and my family. You know what I mean? Cause you know, even my friends, everybody, cause we grew up diehard Bulls fans and then to be playing against them. It was one of those surreal moments for me in my life. And, Something that I always remember, and I'm asked I'm asked that question frequently a lot. So uh, yeah. about that moment, so it was it's one of the special moments that I that I took with me in my highlighted career. Do you remember your record against MJ? One eleven when he's with the Bulls mm-hmm. from that, you know. So we beat him one time in '97. We beat him to start the season. So I went one eleven, and then I think when he's with Washington, I, I dominated. I probably went six and two. Okay, yeah, you definitely you know, we, against the Bulls. You you were one eleven. Your teams didn't stand. Stand a hot oh, you look, oh, you look to stand up? Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we, we want to make sure, you know, we, we got information to back what we're saying. Yes, I wanted to know Shout about you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Shout out to, to Eric. I was going to lie about that. Okay, I can't. Yeah, yeah, one in 11. <laughs> Do you have any funny moments? Because we've, hear, we've heard stories, you know, for us, never playing in the NBA, never coming close to playing in the NBA. We kind of live through stories from guys that participated in the game. Uh, but when you talk about MJ, man, we, at some point in time, we all had love for MJ. Granted, if you were a Laker fan, Bulls fan, Celtics fan, you love MJ. Football fan, it doesn't matter. But talking about the competitive nature that he has been able to display, were there any moments on the court when you're going against the legend, the icon, the guy you looked up <laughs> as a kid, did he ever talk trash to you? Did he ever say anything to you? Or did you ever say anything to MJ? Oh, without question. Well, I, I was very lucky, man. So in 2001, when Mike decided to come back, at that time in Chicago, I was kind of the, the CEO of the, the pickup ball of getting all uh-huh. the guys together and playing and working out together. And Mike called me. I think I just got out the playoffs. We just got knocked out the playoffs. And he called me and I was, and I was like, you know, obviously I knew Mike and, you know, played against him, but I never had his personal number. So he called me and was like, listen, I want you to say nothing. Don't tell nobody. I'm thinking about coming back, but I need to get in the gym and I need you to get all the guys in the gym to play pickup ball. So I'm like, okay, this is Michael Jordan. So I didn't stop my vacation. I just stopped everything. I'm, I'm, I'm locked <laughs> in totally now. Like I got, I got to lock in now. So that's how I ended up, uh, really meeting Mike in 2001. And we end up spending the, the summer together. And at 39, when he came back, man, I, you guys, you understand, I saw the competitive juices from that point on. Every day, B-Mac, we talk trash every single day. The run was so thick. And you guys can understand this and imagine this. The run was probably about 35 pros every day. If you wow. lose, you threw. <laughs> you lose, you may only get two run, two games uh-huh. in. And mm-hmm. Michael does every. He wanted everything, like, no first class. So we had referees. They call a foul. This pickup ball. So everything is like <laughs> a real game. And 
competitive as hell every single day, man. The, the way he pushed himself to get better and better, um, to watch him compete against all those top wings. And at that time, it's, you know, the Penny Hardaways, the Tracy McGrady's, you know, Scotty was still – all these guys at the gym playing pickup ball every day. I also remember that summer, Ron Artes, who probably was the toughest defender at that time, mm. cracked his ribs wow. playing against mm. him. Like, it was like one of those summers. So I got to see it firsthand, and he taught me so much – he the one got me to work out with Tim Grove after that. Like, I never had a trainer. I used to just play pickup ball every day. I never, mm. like, lifted a weight or none of that. I used to just play ball every day. I thought that was working out. So just to see him, how he competes and how he wants to be the best every single day, I learned that every day. So when I watched the last dance, I already knew all that stuff. Yeah. And that right. was just like a, a confirmation, like, okay, this this is this is Mike. But everything's trash out of me, Mike. Basketball, car, off the court, cards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell, tell us a bit about the the the, the Blu-ray battles because Pat P. Antoine plays Blu-ray <laughs> as well. And anytime oh, know, we have yeah. a guest on, you know what <laughs> I mean, that's familiar with the game of Blu-ray, we like to tap into that element. Yeah, talk yeah. about some of those story <laughs> card games that you participated in. Oh, yeah. you, 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 so you had you had you had M on some Boo? Oh yeah, M played everything. Boo spades. <laughs> uh the, he really was a poker player though, but I wasn't mm, a right. big poker player, so Right. He had to get into spades and, and, and yeah, everything, Boo Ray. He had to get into some of our games. Right. But we probably, we probably, we probably gambled three days out the week. His mm-hmm. restaurant was right across the street, not even right across. They shared the same parking lot as the gym. So it was many a days he'd be like, let's go to the back restaurant, back of the restaurant and play and have dinner. So we've had many of those days, but yeah, uh, when Mike calls, the buy-in goes up a little higher. Let me just start right. with that. So <laughs> it's going to be a number put on that everybody got to bring to the table. I say probably 20,000. Okay. That's cold hard cash. 20,000. Yeah, yeah. You got to have 20 to get in. Just to get you in. <laughs> just to get in. You ain't got 20 to get in. You can't even play. So that, that starts that. And then Mike is competitive, man. I remember one time we played spades for 36 hours. What? Damn. <laughs> what? We played spades for 36 hours. We what? were playing against two 36? other guys. <laughs> We were playing against two other guys. Me and Michael were partners, and we were playing against two other guys. And they had us stuck beat Mac 900,000. What? Yeah. <laughs> so you guys familiar with space, right? Yes, sir. Oh, yes, yeah. sir. So you're familiar with space. So you know, so y'all know the first hand. So we were playing the first hand bid itself. Yep. Okay. Right. Yep. So whoever gets seven, we was betting 50,000 on that. What? Oh, betting 50 on who gets seven and then 50,000 on the game. Were y'all playing uh Joker Joker Deuce Deuce Ace? Nope. Or were y'all playing Joker Ace, Joker Ace? Ace King Queen. Ace King Queen. Ace King, Ace King Queen, Queen man. That old that was school. the and, and this was the crazy part. That we played for thirty and what made it even more interesting, it was the day that he actually supposed to made his announcement that he was officially coming back. He canceled the press conference, everything. We played for thirty six <laughs> hours, man. Did anyone ever find out why he canceled the press conference? Did that news ever break? Nope. Cause it was, it was, we did it. We was down, and actually we was down the street from the press conference and one of our good friends restaurant at the <laughs> top of the restaurant. And we played for 36 hours, man. We was down. So, wow. Look, <laughs> hey, you, Matt. I was hey, straight. Matt, Matt, hey, I thought you stayed up all night and gamble and beat you, man. Man, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, no question. We didn't <laughs> we, stay up. No, we didn't make 24 hours. So my question for you, Tuan, did you guys actually have the cash or y'all were playing with markers? No, 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 no. It's all cash. Mm. This is what happened. This is what happened. I was leaving for Boston in a couple of days. So I had about a hundred thousand. I was always a cash person. I had my money. Mm-hmm. MJ had about 200 on him. 
MJ sent for a half a million. Mm. <laughs> Cash sent for it. And then you got to think the it. other guys we played against had money too. Yeah. Right. So, so, yeah, yeah so of, had, course. of course. Of so, course. Yeah. They, they had us down 900,000, man. We got back all the money except 20,000. Mike Damn. did not want, Mike did not want to see them with 20,000. Wait a, minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. time out, time out. Point. You, you, y'all were down 900K and, and fought back? And fought? Yeah, 36 hours, fought back, baby. Competitors, you know how this go. We on and, and, and won 880,000 of that no, back? You say they, they had back. 20. They had yeah. 20. Mike didn't want to send with 20. So they ended, up winning, one, they ended up winning 180. We He got too tired. We couldn't go no more. He was falling asleep mm. at the table. <laughs> and cancel the press conference on his return. But that that's how every gambling session didn't go 36 hours, but we had some right, right. competitive uh gambling sessions. Wow. But that was you know, th- the great thing about it is people would be like, Oh man, y'all, that's what's part of you know how we do as athletes. Yeah. We that's how yeah. we are. We was having fun every single the juices day. Juices be flowing, man. Yeah, you golf you golf to him? Yeah, I'm a golfer, man. I've been golfing for about sixteen years. I'm so you've been out there with him a bunch of times then. Yeah, but I'm not in this group. Okay. So the, yeah, I already the, know, I already, I already know how to put them groups together. Yeah. So the, the, the best, the best thing about being friends with Michael Jordan, you play a lot of great courses. Oh yeah. Oh, but I, I, a lot of y'all. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I wasn't in that group. I was, I'm about a okay. 14 handicap. You know, Mike, them okay. scratch the four. Yeah. They, them boys, them boys shooting even apart two, three yeah, over. I'm, yeah. I'm going to shoot that thing at 90. So we yeah. always just play behind them, get out their way. And right. we, my look, my little group do our own little thing. Man, that's all. Awesome. Hey, man, so man, hey, I'm, I'm uh, Pat P. I'm still, I'm still. <laughs> I know you about are. That I see him put the pencil in your head and everything. Man. <laughs> I'm still stunned hey, about that 36 hours, 900k, man. 30, 36 hours, man. We missed the press conference and everything, man. Yeah. Legendary story. Legendary. Here are all things covered. Hey, when the way he sent for the half a million was legendary. He had somebody go oh, get the money. How, how oh, you do that? Man. How you say, hey, go get me 500K yeah, right he quick? Said, told his nephew, look, go in the penthouse. Don't let Juanita see you. Go in the golf bag. I got some in the golf bag. Bring me that little briefcase in the golf bag. It came back nice and neat. I don't know if you've seen a half, a half a ticket nice and neat in all hundreds. You can get it in the briefcase. You got it in the briefcase. Hey, that's crazy. Hey, man, but Matt touched on earlier. That 96 could possibly, you know, go down as, you know, one of the best draft classes in NBA history. Uh, one of our, you know, one of our favorites, Kobe Bryant passed, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, you know, what did you, what did you take from not only the moment him passing, but that draft class, that moment? Um, obviously I was deeply sad and, and, and heartbroken. Uh, we all know what Kobe did for the game and. Um, you always feel some type of special connection because, because of the class of 96. And, you know, me and Kobe were, I wouldn't say we were great friends, but we were, we were very respectful. And anytime we played against each other, it was always love. All star weekends, we've had more extended conversations. So even though you may not be that everyday friend, you still feel something because, because of, right. of what he obviously did for the game. But just say like something that was missing. I mean, when he passed away, you just seemed like you missed, you know, something from the game that was missing because, uh, I don't know how you guys feel. I know B Max a huge Kobe fan, but I felt like he carried the torch from probably, right. you know, 2000 to 2010 to LeBron got to Miami. Right. It was Kobe's league. Right. Um, and, and he, and you know, I think it was his era and his time where he held the league down. I think what was more sad is that we were just starting to get to know Kobe. 
mm-hmm. he was just starting to open up and kind of become like a person that we finally can touch. Right. You know, he was starting to be out more in public. He was, you know, obviously he was a family man with his daughter and everything. He was starting to, because when I play, he never really talked to a lot of guys. He was in a lab by yeah. himself. He never really, you know, communicated with a lot of guys. And that was kind of one of the knocks on him. But you see the Kyrie Irvings, the Trey Youngs, these guys are young that were going out and spending a lot of time with him on and off the court. And to see that, we were finally getting the opportunity to see the real Kobe Bryant come out. So that's what made it even, even, even more sad. And just to add to that 96 class and the lighter note, I mean, just go top to bottom. See, you guys keep looking at the top part of it. You got to look at the, the second round picks, guys that were mm-hmm. impactful in the right. NBA that really helped teams. I don't think no cl- draft class was as strong as us. I mean, it's some, from top it's to some bottom. classes that from top, it's some classes that probably are better us at the up top, but so, from the, all the way, so, I doubt it. So yeah. So I was going to ask you that, you know, so do you believe 96 is the best NBA draft class ever? Yeah, and, that, and that's always tough because I'm a part of it. But yeah, I do believe from top to bottom. Oh, yeah. I so mean, who got, who who would be two and three then following '96? If '96 is one, who is two three two and three? They, and consider they got '84, 2003, and '84 had Jordan I, and, and Dream yeah, in there. Yeah, I yeah. got I got I got '03 behind us, and then I got '84. Oh, mm. you got '03 in front of '84. Oh, three tough man. That top five strong. Yeah, yeah. All them boys. <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah. They top LeBron. heavy. They they're top heavy for sure. Yeah. But yeah, they top yeah. heavy. But them boys strong, be Mac. I mean, then for the for, for listeners and <laughs> viewers up, that are that tuning they in, take up for the back end. <laughs> hey, the O three draft that Twan is referring to. You got LeBron. You got Carmelo. You got D Wade. Chris Bosh. Man, you got. Remember, Josh Howard had some pretty good years from the Mavericks. Yeah. So you got you, you got, got some. You got some top flight ballers, David West, Mo Williams, yeah. Kyle Culver. Hey, cause uh, that man LeBron James, he can be five, he can be five people in that when, draft. When you got LeBron <laughs> and D Wade, you know that's what, what I'm saying. <laughs> so they yeah, got Hall of Famers too. Yeah, they but that 84 yeah. draft for, for the, for the people that are listening to us, you got MJ, you got Hakeem, you got Charles, you got oh. John Stockton, Alvin Robertson, Otis Thorpe, Kevin Willis. So you got some notable names. Well, too. our listeners yeah, may not I, even, you know, our listeners may not know that 84 class like talking about. 80, 84 is always tough because I think we might be still on tape delay. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, I think you, that, you really I can't. Think, I think we don't think, I think we went to live TV to Magic and Bird to get live TV. But before that, it was tape delay, B-Max, so you didn't get a chance to see everybody play Yeah, like well, you can well, now. If you're a basketball fan, you you might not have seen some of those guys play that's a part of that 84 class, but you know who they are. Oh, but yeah. it's all, no but I can tell you this much though, Tuan, I agree with you. 96 is, yeah, and we, and we used to have this yeah. discussion in Chicago. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was, I was on 96 train back then when we used to have this debate. Like 96, man, you AI, look how many trendsetters, impactful players, champions, yeah. all stars. You know what I mean? Guys hey, that made, uh, you know, really, right. really impactful to teams. Yeah. That, that 96 class, tough. Hey, Tuan, to go back on Kobe real quick, do you feel, uh-huh. I know I feel, cause I am a Kobe Bryant fan as well. You know, with the, in, in the NBA, during the time where the West was real, real heavy, and you know, you had the Steve Nash, the Dirks, when they was winning, you know, the West. Do you mm-hmm. feel Kobe was robbed a couple of MVPs? I think he was robbed. The, I want to say the second one, the year that he was, I think they were like 500, but that's the year that he had those consecutive games of 40 points. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Even the 80. He had a month. 80, he had a whole month. Yeah, 81. Like, yeah. And I think the 81 was <clears throat> in that. And yeah. that's, that's when they really, um, Kind of saying you got to win games to be the MVP. Right. That was 06. That, that, yeah, that, 06. that, that year was, that year was, uh, undoubtedly 
should have been Kobe's M- MVP. He definitely mm-hmm. got robbed. And it's, it's the same thing is happening to LeBron right now. Yeah. You know, right now, you know, we, we expect greatness. He's been consistent and he's getting robbed on a couple of them too. So yeah. that, that's, he, that's, that's the bad part. Man, and wow, to back what you're crazy. saying, he averaged 35, averaged 35 a night, but finished night. fourth. That's crazy. See? That's, That's I, crazy. I, I know, I, that year was crazy. He got robbed that year, yeah. Yeah, the, near, no the, the year Nash it. won. He fought. He finished fourth. Average. Yeah, Nash, I do like, Nash I do, back, I do, back that year. I do yeah. like them spreading the wealth. I mean, you know, I'm a I'm a Chicago fan. Derek is one of my one of my friends. But Derek should have never got it that year. That Derek got it. LeBron was unbelievable that year, mm-hmm. and they actually beat the Bulls in the playoffs. But, yeah, but that, the Bulls but, won sixty. But the Bulls won sixty five games. Yeah. yeah, that hey, yeah. that year that hey yeah. hey listen listen to one. I understand what you're saying about LeBron should have won that year. D Rose won it, but boy, D Rose was special. yeah he was doing some special stuff. Boy. He would highlight every night. Yeah, hey, he speak, was, yeah. Speaking of D Rose, and I used to talk to you about this all the time with you know your, your Chicago roots and your Chicago ties. If D Rose don't get hurt, who is he as a player, NBA player? How different is his career? He'll be. He would have been Steph Curry. Really, I was gonna say more like Dwayne Wade. He he more flashy. Not like not Wade. not actually. I'm not talking about. Actually I would have said. I would have said Westbrook. I'm talking okay. about celebrity wise because he don't get okay, hurt. I got the boys probably, <clears throat> probably keep that team intact. I don't know if they could have got past LeBron and got to the finals, but they make a run for the next couple years. The boys team was intact. They I don't yeah. like you know what I'm saying you know was that Thibodeau? Yeah, was that Thibodeau but you know, I remember. They went 65. They come back that year. He should have took them out the game. They was in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They went. They went in the playoffs again. And he got hurt while they was up like 20. Yeah, mm-hmm. y'all remember he got towards ACL when he's up like 20. Yeah, when he drove, Man, you know, yeah, landed so, wrong. Y'all remember that? I, I, I got him as. I think he. Did, I think he would have had that. He would have been that celebrity, like Steph uh, Curry. He, it's safe to say, Tuan, because of the market, he would have. He would have had an opportunity to be bigger. Oh no question. His, the brand in Chicago, basketball is something different yeah. than out in Oakland, Great. out in you know. I don't know all the state. De- I don't know all the details yeah, of yeah. Steph deal. I don't know all the details of Steph's shoe contract deal, but D Rose shoe contract, yeah, is strong. It's up there. He it's worth three hundred million. Yeah, and he, he signed one, that a long time ago. Yeah, and yeah. he got one one eighty six of that was guaranteed with incentives. <laughs> yeah, long so, time ago. And, and Derek is still on that deal. Yep, you're right. right. Good 14, point. 15 years. So just imagine that. He got the $300 million Adidas deal. Yeah, you're right. Playing in Chicago, no telling how much money he would have made. He would have probably been bigger than stuff. You're right. No question. Yeah. No question. Let's, tra- no Let's transition to your Celtics days. Of course, you know, being one of the premier superstars there. And then in, here comes the truth in Paul Pierce. And Paul yeah. is expected to get enshrined into the Basketball Hall of Fame pretty shortly. How deserving is he? And what was special about your relationship with the truth, Paul Pierce, on the court? First, let me start. I think he's, he's very deserving. I'm so happy for him. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. A fierce competitor. People don't know about him. He's he's a Michael Jordan type of competitor. Never shies down from, from competing against anybody. You guys can probably tell that now from his commentating that how much he gives himself flowers over a lot of players that's playing <laughs> now. But that's truly how he felt. Um, he felt like he was just as good as LeBron. He felt like he was better than D-Way. Yeah, and he guys. still don't like LeBron to this day. You can tell when he, yeah. when he does yeah. his I mean, yeah, he that, like those, are, those are true feelings. Yeah. You know, and, and people <laughs> may think, oh, people may think, oh, yeah, well, he's crazy. He's this, that. But those are true feelings by by Paul. Um, but I think he's well-deserved, man. I think I saw the work that he put in. Very unique player. Unbelievable mid-range game. Great body. Can get to the foul line. 
Like I said, it's competitive spirit is out there and wants to win. And we just had a great relationship, man. We played eight years together, seven and a half years together. I could see his offensive talent. I kind of took a backseat to him a little bit offensively and let him do his thing because his ability to get to the basket and get fouled. But I loved it because I can curse him out. He can curse me out. Mm-hmm. And we were the men on the team, and we still got along. And still, everything was still the same when we got off the court. We never um, clashed there. So two years ago, I had the great fortune to go to them putting his, his jersey in the rafters. Yep. And be a part of that weekend. Um, and, and that was special for both of us. So we got a chance to reflect on everything and, and kind of rekindle our friendship. I'm happy for him, man. I'm looking forward to him going in. It's well deserved. Cause you know, kind of, you don't get, he does not get the national notoriety as a lot of people, but it's good to see the basketball world know how good he is. Wow. Right. Hey, I got a, I got a question for you since you know my man, the truth so well. Mm-hmm. How like what what is the story behind the wheelchair? Was it a, was it really a prank? Like, talk to me about that. <laughs> I wasn't there, but he said he had to use he, just, he uh he, he said he had to use the bathroom, man. He say uh he said he had some skid marks, man. He want. <laughs> He said he had some skin marks, man. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So he wasn't actually hurt, but he had right. to use the bathroom. That's why he required the wheelchair. Right. He asked for the wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't walk. He couldn't. I guess he, he wanted to make it work. Yeah, no, yeah, no white. They had that white on, Matt. You remember now? They had that white yeah. on. Hey, <laughs> hey, be Matt. You know you don't wear no white tights, man. He had the white, had the white tights on. Hey, <laughs> the funniest thing, though, the grimaces that he was giving us there. Like, he was really... Hey, I can tell you this much. He need to go into acting and forget being an analyst because he, he, he fooled everybody. I never heard that story that he, I thought he was, me personally, I thought he was faking. I'm like, man, Paul, he's being dramatic. And you know, Twan, sometimes y'all basketball players, y'all can flop. Y'all, right. y'all great actors. You know that. Hey, man. Hey, Twan. Man, my, my boy Paul Pierce have a phrase now in the Arizona Cardinals, uh, locker room. So I remember, I forget what guy we pulled up. And he he got banged up in practice or whatever. He's like, hey man, I, I I know him, man. He got a little Paul Pierce in him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I that see I, I he didn't do that with me, man. He stayed tough with me. Man, listen, this man had to use the bathroom to one. I did not know oh, that. Man. man, that's that's big time information. He couldn't he couldn't yeah. walk or run, so he requested a wheelchair and then he come back out like Willis Reed. Man, oh, and, man. And I think and, and dropped like thirty or something. Yeah, yes, I was gonna say yes. he, he went yes. crazy. I think he came out and dropped three for three. He came out and dropped three for three and threes or something crazy. Man, like that. he had to go re- re- relieve himself to say the least, and he came back as like a madman. Hey, and the crazy yeah. thing about it, you know, he already run like he already got something in his tights anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, it's on Paul anyway for wearing white tights. Like you say, Tony, you don't wear no white tights. No, you don't wear no white tights. You know that, man. Yeah, you you don't wear no white tights. Uh, And white shorts. Speaking Uh -uh. of your Boston Celtic days, Danny Age comes in at 2003. Uh, He trades you almost right away. Then in 05, Mm. you're you're back there with the team shortly for about 20-something ball games. He didn't offer you a deal with the Celtics, man. What was going on between you and Danny Age at that time? Well, you know, when he first came in, as a guy, I thought I was going to be there for a long time. Yeah. We had just lost in the second round in the playoffs. We probably was a point guard away from being able to compete with New Jersey. New Jersey was kind of dominating in the East. They went to the finals back-to-back, mm-hmm. back-to-back back years. Yeah. So they kind of was dominating, but we never really had nobody to compete with Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd was probably the best point guard in the league those couple of years when they went to the finals. So we drafted at Marcus Banks. I go into training camp. 
we get to the last game, I think everything is fine. We're ready to make another run and see if we can beat New Jersey. And he just traded me. And basically it was a point it's 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 kinda how and sports says he didn't particularly like me. It mm-hmm. wasn't the fact that I did anything he didn't like my game um individually, so he chose to move on. And he also didn't like the fact that I was beloved in Boston at this time. I had yeah. seven years in the organization from top to bottom would kind of you know had bought in and, and kind of got behind me. And I think he wanted to be the man. And it's mm-hmm. kind of funny, but he wanted to build the team and be be the man. And if you really look at when I left, they became the worst <clears throat> team in the league. Yeah. And yeah. then that second year, it got really bad. He hired Doc, but he was lucky enough to pull off an unbelievable trade to get Kevin and obviously Ray Allen to come over there. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of what it was. We went at it, we went at it publicly in the newspaper, just back before social media. Before you went on Instagram and Twitter and 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 had words, we went at it in the newspaper yeah. uh, because he told me something. So it's crazy. We're I'm in Atlanta and we're terrible. We're like ten and forty um, halfway through. We're halfway to the season. We're coming up on All Star break, and the equipment manager called me and he was like, "Would you come back to Boston?" And I'm like, uh, "It was my contract year. Like I said, we wasn't we was losing, but I was playing really well. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know what?" I'll come back. You know, they were like one game under 500. They had a chance to make the playoffs. I'm like, you know what? I'll come back. And they made the trade. Lo and behold, we go there. We win 13, 12 out of 13, or 13 out of 14 games. We end up winning the division. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got upset in the first round of the playoffs by the Pacers in seven games. I think it was Reggie Miller's last year. Rick we Smith. Get... Rick Smith. Reggie Miller. And, yeah, was, I think it was their last year. Yeah. And we end up um getting upset in the playoffs the first round. But the same thing happened again with Danny. He tells me he's gonna take care of me. We're gonna build this thing. We're gonna see if we can win it. First day of free ACB Mac, I ain't get one phone call. Wow. That's how it happens yeah. though. Pat, yeah. Pat, I ain't get one phone call from him. Every yeah. other team called me. And honestly, it was crazy because it had got like three weeks in the free agency. You guys know that. Three weeks all the money dried up. Mm-hmm. Right, you gotta get that money right away. So I was turning down money to thinking that they were gonna make something happen. I had to call the ownership group. Wow, of the Celtics. Mm-hmm. My agent was like, "Look, you need to call the ownership group and basically tell Danny to take some players back and do a sign and trade." And that's how I ended up with the Miami Heat. If you look at the tell Eric to look this up, I think I'm still the the largest trade in NBA history. It was like 13, with 14 the, players. The amount of players, yeah. I yeah, that. With, with the amount yeah. of players for me to even get to Miami. Yeah. Because Miami didn't have any money. I had to call – listen, I had to call Shaq because Shaq was, uh, had bird rights where he could have got – at this time, it was – on you know, Michael was the only guy that was making $30 million a year that made $30 million. So it was Shaq's turn. He could have made like 34 35 a year. Wow. So we got Shaq to take a five-year deal for a hundred. Uh-huh. Instead of taking like three for 99 or three for like 97. Yeah. I had to call Shaq, man. All right. <laughs> and tell Shaq, hey, big fella, I'm coming, you know, but I need you to, you know, basically take a pay cut. Well, he didn't yeah, really take yeah. a pay cut, but take more years. Right. And wow. He, and, he, and he ended up taking, and he ended up taking more years. Wow. And yeah. that's how I ended up getting to Miami. But Danny, for and, some odd reason, and to this day, and you guys know this, you play, you guys play for great organizations, but, to this day, um, my first time seeing Danny was at Paul's retirement and, mm. uh, at the retirement. I mean, we spoke, but it's, it's still, that's the reason why I probably can't never, I can't go there and work there or anything. Yeah. Cause I mean, I'm still great friends with people in the front office, the ownership group. 
But they're going to go with their guy. Danny Ainge is their guy. He brought him a championship. They're going to follow his direction. Speaking of some of the names you talked about, Greg Ostertag, Rasul yeah. Butler, Kirk Snyder, uh, Raul Jason L- Lopez, Williams. Jason Williams. Look at that, James man. That damn, that, damn G, that damn G League team. She's a G League team. Andre Emmett, Eddie Jones. Man, there was a lot of players to yeah. And real quick, we're going to transition to your uh, your heat days in the championship. Mm-hmm. But two-part question regarding Danny Ainge. Mm-hmm. Number one, should he have traded for James Harden? Because I heard the Rockets wanted Smart and Jalen Brown in return for for James Harden. And if there is any truth to that, do you think he should have made that trade? And then secondly, what are, what are your thoughts about the current crop of Celtics. I mean, seem to be a bit inconsistent mm. this year. Granted, there's still a lot of basketball left to be played, but they're not doing as well as many thought they would do. I don't <clears> think he should have made the trade. Um, I like where they're at with their two young stars. Well, actually three. I put Marcus Smart in there. I know he's been hurt. But oh, I think oh, Marcus- oh, you, you said he, he didn't, he didn't have to, he shouldn't have made the trade? No, I'm not a, I'm not a James Harden guy. Oh, you just, yeah, that's, um, that's, that's personal. That, yeah, you just not a well, James Harden guy. Really, it's not, it's not really that I'm personal. It's <laughs> that's just the personal. Fact that, you don't like no. his style, his style. You don't like the style that he plays well, you can't, with. You can't win with that style. You know what I mean? He's in a very unique situation now with Durant and Kyrie, but it, it remains to be seen. I don't think you can win with his style. Anytime it takes a guy six, seven, eight dribbles to get where he got to go, I have a, that's a problem. It works in this day of game, this, in this, in this, in this game that we playing now because the floor is much bigger. It's more of a pick and roll league. So he gets away with a lot of things now, but I would not leverage. I was no, not only the Celtics or any other team. I would not leverage my future for James Hart. Period. That's just, I wouldn't do that. The current Celtics to answer the second part of your question. I like where they at. I think, uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can be really special. I think Jason Tatum is that next Celtic that we'll be putting up in the Raptors. I think Marcus Smart is a big piece of what they got. Where Danny Ainge made a mistake, he let Gordon Haywood walk out the door without getting nothing in return for him. Yeah. yeah. So if you know you can't get to $120 million, if Charlotte's going to pay you that you don't want to pay him, you got to say, okay, look, let me do a sign and trade and get them a legitimate bid. I think they should have went out to Dwight Howard much harder. Mm-hmm. I thought he could have been a great addition to their team. You could have probably traded for Andre Drummond and added him to them. He's young. They had a legitimate center with that group. And it's unfortunate. I mean, he made a great a great sign to Kimball Walker, but I think Kimball Walker is not telling the truth. I think his knee is messed up. I think he's trying to fight through it, and he may not be the same player again because he's trying to play through it right now. But I, I like the core. I don't think they're a championship team. I know a lot of people put them in championship category. I just think they're a good team. No, nah, no. Nah. The team that's going to be a championship caliber team is the team that James Harden is on. Yeah. Oh, but I, now you now you didn't ask me that question. Now I do believe <laughs> I do believe they're going to the finals. But let me tell you something, B Mac. You had a, you want to go to the Super Bowl and lose? No, I don't want to go. But if I get there, there's a chance I can win. You know, you you don't have a chance of winning if you can't get there. <laughs> if you get if you're at the party. Yeah. Okay. If, you, if you can't get there, you you know you don't I, have a I, shot I, of winning. I, if they healthy, Brooklyn definitely getting there because I mean teams can't get to one twenty five. This is how I look at the James Harden potential deal with the Celtics. Number one, he's better than both players that the both key players you were going to lose in smart and Brown. Offensively, he's better than both guys. Number two, if you add James Harden, you alleviate any other team in the East and potentially trying to get him. So you don't get James Harden, but now you might have to play against him in the playoffs and he's going to sit you down. Yeah, but I'm not, I can't leverage my future for him. At that time, you got to think about it. He played a few games for Houston. He looked like he's not in shape. 
So that that kind of scares you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the way he did it, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes when you want out, you come in, you you kill, you you know, you show your worth if you yeah. want out. You know, it kind of looked like he was going the other way. But I guess that just was a part of his mood to get up out of Houston. Well, he right. he cut he cutting up real yeah. bad right now. No oh no, doubt no, no, about no. It. I, I I tell people like, man, I got them to get out the east. Once this once the best thing for them was when Durant got set down for this hamstring, mm-hmm. it allowed them to get some chemistry and get some of those role players to play in and right. figure out. Now now those guys have got confidence. They def nobody in the East can beat them. But I don't know. You better hope that man number twenty three, if A D don't come back, if A D come back and come back right. I don't know if they can right. get past LBJ now. Yeah. Well, talking about the 2006 Heat Championship team, I know that was a magical year. Obviously, I think that was Pat Riley's first year back, I believe, coaching, right? Yes. Yeah, Stan Van Gundy started – Stan started the year off, and he fired Stan 20 games to the season. Right, and uh, Pat ended up taking over. First of all, how how legendary was that season having Pat Riley, the man, Pat Riley, mm-hmm. come back down and coach the team and also having as many legends – that you guys had on that team uh, in that 2006 championship run? Well, let me start with saying, like, there was, I mean, that, that's one of those surreal moments in my career to be on that team with, let me just start with Gary Payton, Lonzo right. Morning, uh, <laughs> just to start with Jason Williams. Guys. You know, White Chocolate, then, you know, yeah. I D. Wade, everybody knows. But Shannon Anderson, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Derek, Derek Anderson was on the team. James Posey. Oh, yeah. Udonis Haslam, Darrell Wright, you know, those guys. And we had a slogan that year that said 15 strong. Mm-hmm. And I never played on a team. In college, it was, in college, it was close. But I never played on a team where guys stayed together. Like, you know, it was very, very seldom. And in the NBA, everything is really clicking sometimes. But in that year, you always saw seven, eight guys going to dinner. Where, um, hey, Twan, where y'all used to go to? Uh, in Miami? Yeah, 112. You know, we have 112. <laughs> you know, 112. You know, we have 112. At, back in that day, it was at Diamonds. And we was yeah. at Diamonds all the yes, time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, you know, like, yes, and that was the crazy part is about it, that we had so much fun, that group. And Pat Riley was such a slave driver. I understood. We learned firsthand why he was such a legendary coach. Um, we used to have four-hour practices, man. You got to wear your knee pads, knee brace, all that stuff. Full wow. practice contact. I mean, I, his his approaching was not to be best with. Everybody had body fat and weight every week. He pushed you every day. Nobody was bigger than one another. And film session, he would get on D Wade as much as he get on me. Just the way he did things, everything was done in in an orderly fashion. That's just how Pat was. So even though we necessarily didn't have the greatest season where we won sixty sixty five games, but we won fifty two games like third. But we knew that we were going to be ready come playoff time. We yeah. knew that nobody could beat us. We knew our biggest hurdle was to get over the Detroit Pistons, who had dominated the Eastern Conference for like five, six years. Mm-hmm. And then in the finals, we didn't care who we played. We knew we could beat anybody. But that's a special year. I always tell people, man, that's what, that was my best year ever, being a part of a team and a culture that everybody came together no matter what. And y'all know how the season is. You know it's going to be fights and all type of things mm-hmm. are going with guys. I mean, that stuff never got out the locker room and never got out of hand. And we just pushed each other, man. And and yeah. I, you, and you can you can ask anybody off that team. We all, I never partied, man, and played basketball that much in my life, man. We partied in Miami. <laughs> I don't know how I made it, Pat. Hey, you had, hey, you, had you had some legendary street walkers to say the least. No doubt GP, about it. GP Posey, yeah. you and Posey used to go hard. I can see y'all boys yeah. out. Me Posey, me Posey, and GP. Yeah, hey, you know GP didn't hey. like the beach. 
Hey, hey, yo, Tuan, what was GP favorite drink? What all? What is the only thing he only drank? Patron, that Pat Ron. <laughs> <laughs> that Pat Ron. <laughs> that Pat Ron. Hey, then you, had, then, you, then you had the CEO of uh, Miami too, uh, Udonis. Yeah. Yes, UD. And you know what? UD, man, UD was so great because um, he kind of showed the ropes and, and, you know, got them boys. So when we was out, the boys kind of protected us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Sure I already got, know. So we, that's why I said so, that's the CEO. <laughs> yeah. So we was able to go to Diamonds and act a fool and be mm-hmm. able to get out of there. Right. Be, this, now, guys, this is before King of Diamonds. This is Diamonds. This is oh, the yeah, original know, Diamonds. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, we which, which, which is now known as G5. G5, yeah. Oh, really? That's G5? Uh, yeah, that's G5. Uh, it's the same uh, building. Uh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was that definitely was a legendary team, and I know you guys bringing a title to Miami is a big deal. And and how was it, it, you know, celebrating a title in the city of Miami? You know what I mean? Understanding what that meant to the city and what you guys were able to do. You know what made it great because it was it was the first one they had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Pat has worked so hard to try to build a championship team there. It, you know, it don't have a feeling like you know a Chicago or Pittsburgh. You know, because you know Miami's not necessarily a sports town. Yeah, you, know, you got a lot of people from a lot of different places, but I thought. The way people came out and supported us in droves and people still remember. Anytime I go back to Miami, I mean, you walk the streets, people still remember that, that, that 016. And I know LeBron and them has brought a couple more titles since then, but we still hold a special place. Yeah. I think of people cause, cause of that first one. And you know what else to add to that? I think that goes as an understatement. I think what makes it special, Alonzo. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's really Alonzo and, you know, you talk about Judonis being the oh, CEO. Yeah, he was on that team. You know, yeah, Alonzo and to see what he went through that year, man, you guys would not imagine, um, the medication and the, how tough it was for him to get through that season, um, with his kidney and, um, to see him do that every day and to put his body through that to get that title made it even more special because he mm-hmm. wanted one. And, you know, and it's kind of like Patrick Ewan, you would always love to see Pat on the Knicks and, and get a championship with the Knicks. Right. It was the same thing with Alonzo, you know, because he, he did so much for that organization. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jason Tatum uh, hit your patented shimmy in the bubble last year. Uh, where did that move come from? And what are your thoughts when guys mimic the shimmy, when you see guys do it well, now? I mean, I like guys to give me a little credit for it, but, you know, <laughs> you know, I would like that. But, no, actually, man, I just, in college, being a fool, being a clown in, in, in the locker room and messing with guys and, dancing and having fun and just you know rick patino is such a you know he's so strict and everything is by the book so guys would dare me that i would dance yeah you know mm-hmm. during the game because you know coach you know everything got to be you know done by the book so he told me i could dance as long as i get back in the press if i as long as i didn't as long as i didn't mess up the press i yeah. could do it so that boy was pressing the whole game back then <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i just thought it was it, and when i got to the league uh it took me a couple years to kind of really to start doing it. But once I got in the league, I started doing it. It just came natural. Yeah. I played for one coach that told me don't do it. Don Nelson asked me not to do it. Wow. You know, he old school, man. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, that's Hall of Fame where he tell me, Hey, say Twine, I don't want you doing your shimmy. He was the only coach to tell me that. Yeah. So wow. in Dallas, if you watch Dallas, I ain't really in Dallas, I think I had like two game winners in Dallas. I may have did it there, but Don Nelson didn't want me dancing. Wow. Have anybody ever hit the shimmy on you? <laughs> oh, man. No, no, no. Nobody, nobody ain't pulled your but own see, this is, this is the thing, Pat, <laughs> with, with the shimmy. And then you got to go back and, you know, you go on VLT. I got different versions of the shimmy. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. See, I got a layup when you get layup in a foul shimmy. Yeah. I got hitting a three shimmy. Yeah. Then I got the at the buzzer shimmy. Like you got, you know, I got <laughs> different variety shimmies. You got to go okay. watch it now. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, we got, we, Eric gonna have to pull out these, these, these different versions <laughs> yeah. of this yeah, shit. Yeah, we got this out for sure. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 Eric gonna pull yeah. this out for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a game winning shimmy. So I had different versions. These guys don't got different versions of it. So, yeah. you know. Do you have a golf I, version of the shimmy on the, co- on the court? <laughs> <laughs> nah, you say nah. you're a 14, Mac. He ain't got no golf. Nah, he ain't got nah, no shimmy. Nah, 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 nah. You say he'll have it, huh? No, no man, you're just, 14. No, I'm a 14, man. I'm just trying to shoot bogey golf, man. I'm trying to stay in the match, man. Hey, no doubt. Hey, Tuan, before we let you go, we're going to transition to the superlative part of our show, hit you with rapid okay. five questions. Uh, number one, biggest piece of advice for players entering the league now. You've been extremely open about your financial mistakes early in your career, but what would be the biggest pieces of piece of advice you would share to uh, new players? Financially, I would say, you know, obviously the biggest thing I try to tell guys is that no, careers are short. You know, you, if you're very, if you're fortunate to play 10, 15 years, that's great. But, you know, plan as if it's going to be your last paycheck. If you do that consistently every time you get a new, a new, um, deal at the end of it, you'll be good because you're going to retire at a young age. No matter if you're coming in, because guys are coming in at 18, 19 years old, you're probably going to retire at 35. That's a lot of life left after that. So I try to always let them understand that because some of them don't think like that. When you're 18, you're not thinking about 35. Right. So I always try to embed that in their head that, hey, look, at 35, you could be done with this game and you got a whole life to live. So make sure that you, you make sure you're putting up something for that, that rainy day for the, for the end of this thing when it's all said and done. Okay. Uh, I think I know the answer to this question, who I think resembles you, but what, which current player in the NBA resembles Antoine Walker? Oh, that's a tough one because there's so many players that, that can handle. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them can't really shoot it. But I know what, you know who I really like and his offenses went down the tools. But in the beginning, I liked the Draymond Green in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought Draymond had, you know, with the passing ability, ability to rebound. He probably, he was a better defender than me, but mm-hmm. the skill set, being able to make the three, make plays for the team, those type of things, I thought it was Draymond and okay. Lamar when he was in too. And even though mm-hmm. I know me and Lamar kind of played together, but we had similar yeah. games. See, I was going to say Lamar or Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, we had similar games. Melo's, Melo used to do it early in his career. Like the last five, six years, Melo became this, you know, footwork guy. You know, uh-huh. right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's became more of a footwork guy. But Lamar and Draymond, but Draymond's offenses went down the last couple of years. He yeah, can't really score no more. I don't think, I don't think his yeah, offense but, was his it's offense. Never, it's never, yeah. his offense, yeah, it never was. It was like, never like, yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah, he, he would have, he you know, he would have those moments. The spurts. Yeah, he yeah. used to have those yeah, spurts. He, he will. He can. No doubt yeah. about it. But yeah. he wasn't, he wasn't consistent enough. Cause you, I mean, you gotta think about it though. Like you, you led the lead twice, I believe, in three points attempts. Yeah. That's big. Yeah, he really, yeah, he didn't really, yeah, he like, <laughs> why you would shoot some of the threes, Juan? Man, I got the green light, B Mac. <laughs> <laughs> I think one year, Mac, I think they said he had 650 something attempts. Let me find that. Yeah. You, know, you, were, playing, you were playing for the Rockets with, with Harden and, 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 and that. Yeah. Hey man, look. Hey, that was my hey. that was one of my advantages at the power four spot. B Mac, yeah, when you played, you was, you was yeah. ahead of the curve. Yeah, then you gotta think in my era, B Mac, I had Garnett. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, Carl Malone, Malone was still in the lead. You know what I mean? Oh, you Tim weren't trying Duncan, to go down low with them boys. Tim Duncan, Rasheed Wallace. 
yeah. I gotta space. I gotta space them boys out. Get them dancing a little bit. Ben, Ben, Ben Wallace, Ben Wallace, yeah. Dennis Rodman. I gotta space them boys out. Get them dancing a little bit. No doubt. Hey, you did it. that. You, hey, you <laughs> shot yourself in the zone. Right. <laughs> I'm hey. a volume shooter. You call hey. you call me a volume shooter. You wasn't volume afraid shooter. of jacket it. No. Those uh, guys don't get fed. Biggest problem with the Celtics this season. The biggest problem with the Celtics is depth. Um, Danny Ainge has done a bad job of adding depth to this team. Um, Jeff Teague seems like he's became a bust. Tristan Thompson hasn't really been great, but that, that starting five you can put against anybody in the league and they can go toe to toe with, but they don't have any bench. Most likely to win the NBA finals this year. You already LA? said, you, you said LA going to be in the finals. You said the next. I got, I got Brooklyn, <laughs> Brooklyn, barring the injury and these guys don't get hurt. Brooklyn Nets. I don't believe nobody in the NBA could get the 120, 125 four times to beat them. You're going to have to get the 120, 125 to beat them. What? Um, four times. <laughs> I don't think nobody can do it. I'm confused. You just, now hold on. You just talked earlier about AD healthy and Braun healthy and what they're going to do. And then we actually pick a champion. You go Brooklyn. Right now, I gotta go Brooklyn. I'm asking the question right now. You asked me too. But hey, you, you, you didn't want the Celtics to trade man. for James Harden, but you're picking the team that he owns. Hey, man. It, it was a quick question, man. But, the first thing came to his head, man. He but listen, I'm saying the Nets, man. You ain't finna get me on here talking about nobody else. And I, I got the Nets to win it all. All right. I, I, all right. I'm, I'm gonna come back at you when it happens. Yeah, we'll I'm gonna come right, right back at you. Hey, last question for you. Best five ballers to come out of Chicago. In mm. best five ballers, and it, and it could be a player who didn't never made it to the NBA, or if you want to go NBA related, but the best five ballers to ever lace them up in Chicago: Isaiah Thomas, that's one. Mark Aguirre, two. Ooh, Derek Rose, ooh, okay. <laughs> Me, mm-hmm. And, no and a guy, a guy you met, and Jamie Brandon. Jamie Brandon. Went to University of King, went to LSU with Shaq. Unreal. Why, 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 why? Because that might be a name that many people don't recognize, right? Why is he on the top five? Tell us. Man, the best, the best high school player I've ever seen play, man, from freshman year all the way out. He never, he picked the wrong college, but he was unbelievable, man. Jamie Brandon, you can ask anybody that's from Chicago, when they're going to tell you the top five best balls, he's going to be on, he's going to be on 90% of their list. Okay, and mm. with that being said, I just added this question just hearing your answer. Be- better basketball city, state. I mean, you can go Illinois, you can go New York, but of course you're talking about Chicago and what they, they, they look at the iconic legendary players that have come from New York, the barrels in New York. Who you taking? That's a tough question. But I, th- I would say New York because New York is bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would go with New York and that's tough for me to say because I believe in Chicago, Chicago's up there, but I would say New York is one. Yeah. We're, we're, we're a close second. Then you gotta think about Washington, mm-hmm. California. Yeah. Probably California, then Washington. Washington came on late. They last 15 years been good. Okay. But California, uh, but we second. I, I get New York that. Yeah. But your starting five, your starting five Chicago would be you, Isaiah Thomas, Rose, Mark Aguirre. McGuire, and Brandon. What was J- Jamie Brandon? Jamie Brandon. Good list. Yep. And I'm gonna Good get list. killed because that's it. Really supposed to be D Wade, but I'm going with Jamie. Yeah, I forgot you okay. left D Wade off. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, D Wade 
Jamie. It's D Wade and Jamie. And you, you know? Anthony Davis? You leaving nah, Anthony Davis off? Anthony Davis was a bum in high school, man. He was six. <laughs> no, 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 don't do that. He grew his senior year. He grew. And, you know that Anthony Davis ain't. He ain't no household name here. In high, what was what the other kid that went to uh, the same school as D Rose? Uh, uh, Jabari Parker. No, not no. Uh, mm. that, that I think he died. Didn't he die? It was a oh, uh, ben, ben Ben Wilson. Yeah, ben I heard Wilson, he was nice too. Know, he was nice too. But you know, I never played against Ben, ben Wilson. And then Ben Wilson played in a, a Princeton system. We never uh-huh. got to see mm. Ben really get down. Was he it, um, a Princeton system? Dang, what was a man named? What was Lynn Bias from? Was he from Chicago too? No, Lynn is. What was Lynn Bias? Is he DC, Maryland area? DMV area. area. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah, you're right. Nah. He's from the DMV, area. DMV, yeah. DMV. Yep, DMV. But DMV. yeah, but Ben Wallace, I mean, Ben Wilson, uh, I mean, a lot of people in Chicago swear by Ben and say he was one, probably the best player. Ever. Well, he was going to be the best player coming out of Chicago. I saw a lot of film on him, but he mm-hmm. played in the Princeton mm-hmm. team, so everything was really basic. Yeah. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. the game was different team too, but everything was basically played in, the, in, that, in that type of system. But it's a lot of people in Chicago swear by Ben. Yeah. Hey, I, well, I can't wait till we drop this so our Chicago listeners can either agree with your list or attack your list. But <laughs> they're gonna, they gonna respect it. They're gonna respect it because it came from Mr. Shy himself. They're gonna respect it, but I left D Wade off, so D Wade probably, probably gonna give me some static. But no doubt. Hey, gonna, no doubt. Hey, I can see it right now. And they're gonna have that meme. You remember uh, when D Wade messed up the uh, the dunk contest him? Staring off in the, in the, uh, in the <laughs> that's gonna be a meme, didn't it? That's gonna be yeah, a meme for uh, Antoine's list, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> hey, but man, Antoine, thank you for joining us here. All things covered, Patrick Peterson, Brian McFadden, recapping your career, legendary card story. That yes, space story still yes, got me hey. blown, <laughs> it still right, got me blown. Hey, but appreciate you joining us. And, you know, I'm going to be hitting your phone, but I'm definitely hitting your phone when the finals come around, when the Lakers slap oh, the yeah. in the face. Well, we, this time, you know, we, man, you know we got some good arms. Come on, call me. Gonna play all all right, man, be safe now. All right, Pat, man. All right, be, all right, be good, baby. Yep. Man, thanks for having me on the show, guy. Thanks again to Antoine Walker for joining us here on the show outstanding conversation hope you guys enjoyed it as well thanks to every listener to this episode of all things covered if you like what you hear make sure you download subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on apple Podcasts. make sure you subscribe to our youtube page as well just visit youtube.com slash all things covered and most importantly enjoy this nba all-star weekend From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.